Yo! Welcome back to Good Morning Fantasy. As always, it's Luke and Akash. Today, we're talking about how to approach the redraft fantasy football season from a dynasty fantasy football perspective. Um, essentially, how to get a leverage on your dynasty leagues and redraft season, which is kind of weird because, like, surprisingly, the activity in dynasty leagues, like, dwindles drastically in season compared to out of season in some points. Like, rookie draft dynasty season is, like, peak activity for some reason. So in, in season, you know, how to leverage using your fab, who to trade for, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, Akash, how you doing, my boy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like I should actually download Clash Royale tonight so we can play. W. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Right, will you actually, like, help me get good at the game, though? Yeah. I've been how playing you... for six years, though, so it might take you a little bit to close the skill gap. Six years? Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Do you play, like, every day? Yeah. So would you say you're better at Clash Royale than fantasy football? No, no way. I consider no way. myself to be pretty good at fantasy football. I don't know, bro, but you've been doing it for six years. But I don't have a lot of skill. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm better at spreadsheets than video games. Do you think there's a Clash Royale analyst out there? Yeah. I mean, there's YouTubers and they they make like good content. And like the way that you make good content this is a bit of a tangent but the way that you make good content about anything is be good at it and so if you're good at it then you can teach people and that's like part of the content or you can be bad at it and just make it a meme i guess yeah there's some people like that but i i, I watch good players um just because it's more fun to like see pros do it same with that reason we watch football same reason that people watch video games you know you like to see people who are really sure. good at it quick side tangent before we get into the football thing but like i think it's really interesting like Growing up, my parents used to, like, never understand, like, why I would want to watch YouTube videos, like, people playing video games, but I feel like they understand it now because it's gotten yeah, it's, over the last few years. It's the same thing as football and any other sport, really. Why are you watching uh, football instead of going outside and playing? It's like, well, these guys are a lot better than me, and it's fun to watch because they're a lot better than me. Yeah. And they have personalities, too, that you get, you get attached to, but yeah. that's besides the point. Let's get into, uh, you know, actual fantasy football stuff now. So, I mean, I think we both can agree on our first piece of advice here, which is, like, I think the biggest one um, yeah. on, like, how to attack Dynasty Fantasy football from a redraft, like, in-season perspective is, you know, like, right before the season starts and, like, training camp, preseason, or, like, week one, two, whatever. Um, early season players, like, usually running backs in particular, um, who suffer, like, season-ending injuries, who are still young, uh, like, tantalizing prospects, like, go trade for them like, as soon as they get injured or, like, soon after they get injured because their price just tanks tremendously. And even if you don't like the player, you can just keep them and hold them long-term, and it's a great return on investment to flip. Yeah, definitely. And that's more of a, a move that I love to make if I'm not competing because um, that's just a great way to build value for the future. Um, if, I, if I am competing, I'll see what kind of roster value I have lying around. Some Like, maybe if I don't need as many points, but... Really depends on team direction. That is true because if you are contending, unless your team is uber uber deep and you can like really afford to shell out, however, well, you also don't need to pay players too, right? I mean, you can play draft picks for the players as well. So I guess yeah, if you're a contender and you have like a 2023 first laying around or something, let's say like I don't know, let's say Najee like tears his ACL or something, like 
that could be a really good investment of your future draft capital. Like he probably would be worth more than a first still, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And as a bigger contender, that first could end up later. And you'll, you'll know that more as you get into the season right now, I'd still uh, consider it to be mid, but if you're in like week six and that happens and, and you're like five and one, then you have a pretty good idea. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And also that's another thing too, is, you know, in season trying to figure out the value of all your league's draft picks. I mean, a lot of people don't really take the time to go through. And I mean, it's pretty easy like right now to look at your like rosters in your dynasty leagues and say like, yeah, this guy has a really strong team. This guy is probably rebuilding, but when you're actually in season, you know, players come out of nowhere every single year like, you know, the Cooper Cups of the world, uh, yeah. Samuel's breakout stuff like that. Like that can completely change the, you know, landscape of your dynasty league. So just like once the season actually gets rolling, see what teams are actually playing really well. And then from there, go in, look at the draft pick values and see if there's anything you can try to exploit. Because, I mean, really, like I mentioned earlier, I, I do really think that activity for Dynasty Leagues tapers off, like, in season, especially, like, past, like, week eight, um, compared to, you know, like, your redraft leagues, which is obviously all in season. So just <laughs> yeah. getting in there and like, actually getting dirty, making trades, using the waiver wire and stuff is a big thing. Yeah, and... um. I think that a big part of that is using tools that are out there. A lot of tools out there for at everyone's disposal to use to try to identify these kind of things. Like I wouldn't spend 20 minutes like ranking all the teams in your league unless that's what you're into. But it can definitely be really helpful to go. Um, I know that Dynasty Nerds has one. I think Keep Trade Cut might have one now. Um, DLF probably has one just because they have everything. Um, so a lot, a lot of websites have tools like that, yeah. Yeah, really useful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, just targeting veterans too, especially, is another really good strategy that we discussed before we went live. Actually, just like uh, my one of my favorite targets before entering the year, regardless of like your average roster age or anything. But if you're actually trying to win games this season, not necessarily as an all-in contender, um, but if you if you're just trying to like win games. And you really want to try to like increase your chances of going to the playoffs or like having a shot at the title. Um, Adam Thielen's one of my favorite veteran cheap targets right now. There's plenty of guys like that across the NFL that you can get yeah. for cheap. Uh, you know, throw a late draft pick at them in 2023 or something, or a younger player with upside like a random rookie that you don't really care about. Um, you know, players like that are a really good target because you can throw them in your flex and they'll be a valuable contributor for your team. And at this point in the offseason, everyone just thinks that they're worthless because they're old and you can flip them and get good value out of them. Yep. And uh, I think that that's the thing I'm looking to do if I'm looking to add veterans. It's either that or really swing for the fences and add someone super productive uh, but pressed on because of their age, like a wide receiver. It'd be like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams at running back. It would be like uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Kamara is a great target right now in Dynasty. I totally agree with that. I think that people are really getting him at a discounted price right now because of his suspension. But also on the flip side, I guess you could argue that if you were the Kamara manager, you wouldn't be willing to like sell low on him right now because you know that the suspension's coming and you're probably just going to hold tight. If you have Kamara, I definitely don't suggest trading him away. Um, but I, I think he is a really good buy right now, especially if you're a contender and you think you have a shot at winning it all this year. Just stash him away on your bench for a few weeks, and then once time you know playoff comes around, you'll have a like th probably three amazing running backs. Hopefully, if you are 
really going all in and have Kamara, so you could probably get him at a really good value right now to go and plug and play in your finals. Yeah, and I think that he could end up missing no time this year. It's very possible that his trial and suspension gets moved back to 2023, and even missing six games isn't that big of a deal for the discount that you're getting him in Dynasty because you'll still have that. You'll still have him at the end of the year. I understand him being priced down in your redraft, but for Dynasty, it just feels like uh, feels like um, discounting guy too much just because the age is age is getting up there, and sure he might miss six games, which is so scary. But he's been nothing but an RB1 throughout his entire career and three times been a top five running back, and it's impossible to ignore his history of production. Yeah, and I also think, too, with the running backs getting older, too, and all the concerns that surrounds that from year to year, I think Kamara is one of the guys who I I feel better about than most players getting older because uh, he's a receiving back uh, primarily. Like, it's like his, like, that's his skill that makes him so good for fantasy. And I feel like, you know, receiving backs have more longevity opposed to, like, the big bruisers, like, you know, the Najee Harris's of the world, who get worn down over time from getting a ton of touches and carries constantly. And, I mean, Kamara does have a sizable workload, but you know what I mean. Like, you can still flex it's nowhere out a lot. Najee Harris or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying like to say. CMC or, like, Dalvin Cook or something like that. Or Derek Henry. Right, exactly. I'm with you. How do you feel about Henry real quick? I just wanted to talk about that for a second. How do you feel about him this season? Um, Damn, that's tough. I think... I don't know. I feel like he's rightly being faded in Dynasty. I've never been a big Henry guy um, for scoring points just because his price has always been high compared to the way he scores points. Like there's... In Dynasty, he's pretty tough. I'm I'm thinking this question right from like more of a redraft angle. Like this from, season, For a re- like... redraft, he's probably overrated at like a top five pick because of the foot injury, because he doesn't catch passes, because of his age. Um, for Dynasty, it's pretty priced down to where I'm interested in getting him. Um, I like in ADP, he's like, I don't know why, I don't know if this is accurate, but Keep Your Cut is going like right ahead of AJ Dillon, which seems wrong. And I'm not just wrong, and like that's that's a bad thing to do, but I also feel like it's not as accurate. Okay, on for Sleeper ADP, he's it's a bit more reasonable where he's going. 11th and it's in the range of guys like Saquon, Etienne, Kamara and all of those guys I'd rather take above Derrick Henry. So some leagues, uh, some voters on Future Cut are astronomically lower on him, but actual draft ADP isn't as low on him. So it could be a mixed bag if you're trying to acquire him in leagues, but if you can get him closer to RB20 prices than RB10 prices, I'd be interested in acquiring him. See, for me, I I like him a lot. And, you know, Akash, this is kind of like a similar debate to, like, Devonta Smith last offseason when we were talking about, uh, like, outlier players. And I think that Derrick Henry just, I mean, eventually, obviously, like, you know, Father Time's undefeated, right? But I think he's a true, like, Hall of Fame caliber, like, generational talent running back. Um, I think he's just an absolute monster. I actually think the foot injury could be a benefit to him a little bit. It sounds a little nutty, but... I think he's going to have a lot more time to recover. He should be fully healthy entering the season. Uh, I worked over at Sports Injury website, Sports Injury Central, and they're feeling pretty decent about his foot injury coming back into the year. Thinks that he'll be healthy. Um, I mean, he's going to have to see a ton of carries and opportunities for this Titans team to, you know, move the ball. Uh, he, he always does, obviously, but I think now more than ever, they're going to need him. Um, 
Last year, I mean, he was really, really good. Uh, I mean, he was leading the NFL in rushing yards for like four weeks after he got injured. He outscored Jonathan Taylor by two points per game uh, in fantasy football last year. Um, so, like, it's pretty impossible for me to fade him, honestly. It's just because he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, even though he's getting older. Like, once I see him slow down, sure, I'm out. But I think for me right now, like, Year in, year out for fantasy football, when he's healthy, he's been so good. I just think it's really hard for me to say, yeah, this is the year I'm not touching him. Um, we don't don't, we don't get the luxury of being able to sell at right now prices tomorrow. Like in the, not like literally tomorrow, but like in the world of tomorrow, once we see him fall off, we don't get that luxury. And so once he does start to show signs of decline, I promise you his price is going to drop down the same way it did for Ezekiel Elliott and the many other running backs before him who've fallen. No, off. I meant, of course, of course. For a dynasty angle, I don't love Derrick Henry. I was talking purely in redraft there. For redraft, when he's going as a top, what, five pick? I have him um, as RB3. Seems like a leap. Like, just from a, because, uh, just from a scoring perspective, if I wasn't worried about his injury and age, then I would think that RB3 is pretty high like you're pretty close to his ceiling but adding on those extra risk factors and the the workload the previous injury and the age that's a lot of risk to take on for at at a player's ceiling he's he's definitely a little risky in in round one i get it i just you know i like that when i know he's on the field he's going to be a monster he has a huge workload guaranteed do we know that yeah i think what if he falls off this year because he's 28 years old well, that I'd be concerned, but I, I'm not right now. But anyway, no, but the reason like, I like him so much if you is draft him at you, you, he's if been you top five three, in fantasy you, points per game at running back for three years in a row now. Yeah, a lot of players are in their prime, but this is the end of his prime at 28 years old. I mean, that's fair. I just you think to, that, like I said, I just think that, chance that he that this is uh, that last year was the last year of him being in top five in points per game. Like we saw that with Ezekiel Elliott, where he hasn't been. Where the last two seasons he hasn't been top twelve in points per game after being top five repeatedly, mm-hmm. and so you know the, the decline will come uh, probably sooner than I think you expect it. And once it comes, we don't get the luxury of saying, "Okay, now you can sell him." You kind of have to project these kind of things if you want to get ahead of them. Sure. No, I get that. I just don't think for me in redraft. Like, I think i i don't know he was just so good last year i just don't think he that, was good you know, last year and he's a good one year good later well, I mean, a random foot injury is gonna like send him down the cliff i mean I, that, that is how it wait into you can't you can't delude yourself about that that is how it works with these players you know you get old you get injured you just kind of fall off it just it's sad but that's the nature of how it is you can't draft a player at rb3 and say well he was previously i'm not i'm ignoring the concerns and then say um Okay, I expect him to finish here um, because that's really his ceiling. Here, actually, I have an article here about the foot injury from that website. I work for Sports Injury Central. This is by an article by Pro Football Doc um, titled "Why the Eric Henry is Prime for a Bounce Back Season." So that's promising. That's, yeah, that's encouraging. Even, um, if he, if he, even if he didn't get injured, I would still say the age is enough to knock him out of that top. Sure, five I just want to see what they have to say here. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. After two straight seasons leading the league in, in rushing attempts, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. Sorry, per, rushes, rushing yards per game, whatever that is. A Jones fracture in his right foot kept him out for the second half of the last 2021 season. He still finished the campaign with the sixth most rushing touchdowns in the league of 10, despite playing in just eight games. 
The good news for the Titans and Derrick Henry alike is his October 31st injury looks to be completely behind him. As Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, breaks down below, Henry is now able to make decisive cuts uphill with his previously injured right foot. Henry carries a sixth score of 94 heading into training camp, and that number is liable to, uh, to increase as more Henry video emerges. The 28-year-old two-time Pro Bowler is uh, the current favorite from Comeback Player of the Year, whatever, whatever. Basically, there's an injury uh, video of that. I don't know if you saw it. A couple I remember times. it, yeah, of him running up a hill. Yeah, apparently there's actual stock in that because apparently Pro Football Doc thinks it says it's really good that he's making decisive cuts going uphill. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I like that. That makes me feel comfortable um, just knowing that, you know. Yeah, you know, he knows more than me for injury. I would be into Derrick Henry if he was, uh, instead of going, like, what, what is he going right now, like fifth in redraft drafts, maybe even higher like, than that like in fifth, some six, leagues seven. where some leagues where you just see running back, running back, running back off the board, you could see him as high as three maybe or two um i would feel more comfortable if he was going towards the back half of the first round instead of five sure yeah i mean i get it i really do i i really understand his concern and well i do know that he's risky and i typically do like to avoid risk in the first round i just i don't know why i just trust eric henry maybe i need to sit down and like revisit that by rankings i might need to move him down a few spots but yeah, I, I think I might because, like, you know, like I, 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 maybe I should put like Austin Eckler and like Najee and Mixon over him, or like maybe Dalvin Cook. I don't know. It's just like, mm-hmm. but like, if all those guys are playing healthy, and I know I get a full season of Derrick Henry, but the thing is, it's like, yeah, you can't. Is it? Is, it's just hard to predict him falling off a cliff because if this is the cliff, like, obviously I need to move him down, but like we don't know that, and uh, it's just tough because like if Derrick Henry plays a full seventeen games, and we saw him last year. Like, he's going to be top three, in my opinion. Like, he was a monster. I just don't know if it's going to stop. Also, like, the new weapons in Tennessee is a thing, too. Like, we don't have A.J. Brown, you know, scaring the defenses anymore. The box could be a little bit more loaded. I'm not really too scared about that with Derrick Henry because he's a monster. But, you know, it's it's complicated. Yeah, I get it. It's It's tough because, you know, you like the player. And you can't deny that he has been a good player, but... It's just hard. Yeah, I think you have to separate. Uh, and I, I know I've kind of not mocked, but I've kind of been against this mentality when I've talked about it. But you kind of have to put the the past uh, aside from the future because when it comes to players getting up there in age, then you have to consider that possibility of them just falling off. Like at t- twenty three years old, the chance that Najee Harris falls off from being top, what was he, top five, top eight in points per game. Yes. It's a lot lower than Derrick Henry, is a lot lower than Derrick Henry's chance of falling off. Yeah, for sure. All right, we actually have a question here on Twitter. We asked uh, people to drop in some Dynasty questions for us because we were doing a Dynasty show today. Uh, And we have a question from Ray711 on Twitter. Uh, He asked, how are you approaching Amari Cooper in Dynasty Leagues? Trade or hold? What is his value? Um, I think his value is like a 2023 second, honestly. Yeah, that feels um, pretty close, even though it's and I, right now, there. right now I'm holding him or buying him, honestly, because when I hate the Sean Watson's guts, but whenever he does play with Amari Cooper, he's gonna be really good. Uh, but this yeah. year he's not gonna be very good. So I'm holding or buying. Yeah, it's it's tough. I would be more interested in buying if it was. Uh, if we knew what kind of suspension Watson would get, and that would affect Cooper's price appropriately, because if he was only if Watson was only going to get six games or half a season, then you would get to see some of um, Watson and Cooper. And 
but as it stands right now, I, I think my median expectation for Deshaun Watson's suspension is a full year. And if that's the case, it's pretty much going to be, I think, a lost year for um, for Amari Cooper fantasy football-wise. Like, with Jacoby Brissett slash Baker Mayfield at quarterback, who knows what it's going to look like. I don't think there's any chance at all that Baker Mayfield's going to be there. Yeah, I mean, it's a small chance. Just trying to, at the be- best-case scenario, it seems like it's going to be Baker Mayfield. And that's one hell of a sentence because Baker, while he, I think he's an okay NFL quarterback, he's not very good definitely think he should be a starter in the league but it's not going to be relevant for it's not going to help Mari be more relevant for fantasy and he's already probably a wide receiver two at best and so if you're looking at wide receiver three production um without Deshaun Watson then you should probably sell because it doesn't really matter and then his price is going to tank a little bit but it's it's really tough because I, I do expect him to put up wide receiver two numbers with Watson I think I have him in like one out of 13, 14 dynasty leagues. And I'm okay with that because he is a really good player relative to the NFL. I don't think he's a top 12 wide receiver in the NFL, but he is a good player who has multiple wide receiver two seasons across his career. And so definitely think that um, that track record at 27 years old is worth investing in. Um, uh, with this price getting pretty low, like a 23 second, I would absolutely pay that for a Mark Cooper right now. Yeah, I absolutely would as well. I agree with that. All right, uh, we'll wrap things up with another dynasty question here from Twitter. Uh, oh. Jonesy on Twitter, shout out Jonesy, he's always in my Twitter spaces, ff underscore jjonesy16. Uh, he asked, Who slash what would you want for the 101 gonna be Brees Hall in a rookie draft? What picks, players, or combo of both? Um, yeah, if you can like a package, it's it's a bit harder because I don't know who you're trading with and like who has what. But if I was just gonna look for one player in return for Brees Hall slash the 101, I would be looking. I've swung uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think Cooper Cup is very realistic. Mark Andrews. Those are all players who I expect to be um, top three, top one. Uh, at their positions in points per game this year. And so if you're looking to go that angle of um, production, I think that's absolutely viable. Um, I like that. For younger... I like the Cooper Cup price. I think that's a pretty good I, value I like that swap. Too. I like that too. If you're looking to go younger, um, I think you go with uh, John, DeAndre Swift. Uh, yeah. Maybe, um, maybe Najee. Yeah, Najee, maybe. I feel like Najee and Brees are in a similar tier for me for Dynasty. Well, Najee's like uh, the... Ar- Najee's like two and a like half three. Right? He's like a top three Dynasty running back. I feel like Brees is like top five, so maybe you need a little bit more to get Najee with Brees, but I don't know. Yeah, but between them, I mean, I like Najee's volume. I don't I don't like his efficiency. And I feel like his efficiency will Volume a lot more than efficiency, but uh, everything about his career from college to the NFL suggests that he's not going to be a very efficient runner, even with massive volume if he needs that massive volume just to crack top 12 numbers not crack but like get inside the top 12 what is there really top like top three upside in his future i don't know i don't think so but it's tough i I think between them it's absolutely fair to say that they should be even Mm. so now she's a valid one um if you're looking to go younger than cooper cup 
at the wide receiver position, I think that it's reasonable to get um, like a, a Debo Samuel. Like I think a CD Lamb would be a fair trade. Yeah, I think that'd be fair too. I'd Maybe a little Brees. bit more with Lamb, like like Lamb in a future second or something, like a 2024 second maybe. Mm-hmm. Lamb's, like Lamb's ADP is higher than Brees by like more than half That's surprising. I'm lower on CD Lamb than consensus. Me too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay Brees to get Lamb. Like if I'm if I'm giving up Brees to get a player, I'm looking to get someone whose production is already solid and maybe their age is a bit high, but then that means that their production is probably worth the price of their age. And if they're younger, then maybe you're projecting a little bit like you are with DeAndre Swift. Um, but talent wise, with Swift, I feel really solid about that. For quarterbacks, I think um, you could pay to get. Uh, Deshaun Watson would be a good one to do. Um, Russell Wilson, if you're looking, if who's a bit older, but that's still valid. Trey Lance, definitely feel like those are all solid. And um, Trey Lance, baby. What what would you need added to the 101 slash Brees Hall um, if you were giving up a player like Jefferson Chase or Kyle Pitts? I would need a 2023 one. Yeah. Brees Hall, Brees Hall on a twenty twenty three first would get me would give me would get me to give up Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson probably. I mean that's probably. that's a top five dynasty running back probably long term, mm-hmm. and I mean well projecting that the first is going to be mid or earlier. I I wouldn't want like a late probably mid first. Let's say like a mid twenty twenty three first and yeah. Brees like that that would do sorry yeah a mid twenty twenty three first and Brees Hall would do it for me probably in a super flex league. That seems valid. I think that which side of that do I fall on? I think I think I fall on the Jefferson Chase Pitt side of that, but the value seems all right. Yeah, the value seems pretty decent there. All right, thank you guys so much for the two questions on Twitter, by the way. I really appreciate it. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode of Good Morning Fantasy. We'll see you back again on Thursday for another one. Akash, bye. Bye.